Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap here for the Fightful.com Wrestling Podcast, February 27th edition. If you guys haven't been to Fightful.com, go check it out. All your exclusive news, interviews, podcasts, photos, videos, results, live coverage. We got it all over at Fightful.com. We have all that on the MMA side as well. Get podcasts from Matt Riddle and Shane Helms when you register for free, no credit card required, over at Fightful.com. We got it all. Tuesday nights, we got the award-winning Jeff Hawkins talking SmackDown. Wednesday, we have Jimmy Van, the man behind Fightful.com, who owns Fightful.com. We give you a peek behind the curtain of wrestling journalism, business, things like that. Thursday, I'm here with uh, Matt Riddle talking whatever the hell he wants to talk about. Friday, I cover an individualized topic or a mailbag with Shane Helms. If we do a show this week, it should be interesting. He's uh, doing the impact tapings this week and got some, got some news bits to cover. But tonight, I have the man who covered tonight's Monday Night Raw. And, you know, I'm often overly optimistic. I, I said one week ago on this show, Alex, you know you get paid to do this. It could be a lot worse. Now, I couldn't be a whole lot worse than what we witnessed tonight because I will go out on a limb and say this was one of the worst episodes of Raw I've ever seen in my entire life, Alex. See, this is interesting because uh, I would say it's uh, worse than the most recent Raws that we've covered, but not that much worse. Uh, yeah. It's been bad uh, recently, um, and I didn't expect anything. From this, it's the go-home episode before a brand-specific throwaway pay-per-view before WrestleMania. Uh, They're not going to give away anything uh, fun or interesting. Um, The one thing that they gave us briefly was the hint of what I hope to be a long feud in the future between Cesaro and Samoa Joe. But that's, you know, a little taste. And that, that taste isn't enough. That beautiful, sweet, sweet taste isn't enough to uh, cleanse the palate of that bitter, disgusting, vomit, vile taste that the rest of the Raw induced. Do you know what's funny, Alex? You and I both had a couple days off before this. We had time yeah, to, like, prepare. We did. How often does that happen? Never. Not, not just 
not just one of us. We both yeah. had like two days off. Now, I'll put this in perspective, you guys. The last seven months since Fightful launched, outside of Royal Rumble weekend, the two days I had off were my bachelor party and my wedding. I had two back-to-back this weekend. That's how, like, I don't want to say slow, but we had the Deontay Wilder fight. That had a fantastic finish. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff that just had to be done. So Alex and I both got some much-needed rest to prepare for a big week. We got Fastlane Sunday, UFC 209, a hell of a UFC show this weekend, for those of you interested. Live coverage, live discussion for both of those, of course. Also live podcast. But we had some time to kind of, like, decompress. That's very rare. Yeah. So I came into this, and I'm like, damn, you know what? I sat back. I listened to a couple podcasts today while I worked. We had some side issues, as you all saw. That That's up and running. Also have some graphical updates coming. We had some time. We I was ready to go for Monday Night Raw. Not only that, I was a little bit behind on this Raw. Mm-hmm. So I got to catch up in about two hours, ten minutes. I was able to do that. Our boy Kyler James did the the tweeting over at, at Fightful Wrestle. Man, and usually when I catch up on Raw, like I, you know, I, I get I don't have to sit through the commercials, so it's not as rough as what Alex Pawlowski sees. <laughs> Boy, was this a shit show. I've seen there some are shit. Couple, there are a couple. You have, not only have you seen some shit, Alex, I, I'm like the first generation of my family to not go into the military. Yeah. Like me and my cousin, we were the first generation. And as they would tell me these stories about being in the military, not only would they say, I've seen some shit, they would say, I was in the shit. Tonight, Alex, you were in the shit. I was in the shit. I was neck deep in the shit. Uh, I hope I hope the expanded budget, without getting too political, for national security that Donald Trump has approved will somehow fit horrible, horrible things like this Monday Night Raw into that situation. Right. No, we Who we, needs the EPA? We need um PRSD coverage, post-raw stress disorder, because this is inducing it all over the place. Um, oh, anyway, not to make light of, of the uh, you know reality of that situation. Don't want to compare myself to people who actually seen real shit, but um, in this line yes. of work, uh, this is about as bad as you can get. <laughs> yes, much, uh, much respect to those who have actually been in the shit. Yeah been in the shit legitimately kyle dowling says remember 2005 when raw was leaving spike tv those were shit shows yeah they were and this was right up there with them okay so i'm gonna go through my notes uh guys if you all wouldn't mind go over to sheetsandwich.com i did a podcast uh with talking sheet and i, I was really proud of it uh, we talked about some of the behind the scenes stuff as it pertains to wrestling journalism writer pay some things i want to see change and the way that I think Fightful is doing a good job at, at changing that. I love what Talking Sheet does. Somebody's got to hold these people accountable. These people being Alex Pawlowski, not me, because I never do anything wrong. But uh, if you all want more of that, that's the kind of stuff that me and Jimmy Van often do on that Wednesday afternoon show. Maybe you're at work. You want to find out what goes into the inner workings, the business of Fightful.com. Go over there and find it. I might shoot on some other websites, too. So we had Goldberg come out, and his ovation was pretty good. It was noticeably 
like smaller than usual, but this, this Green Bay crowd, and I'm not going to fault them too much. I will go off on them at some point tonight, but they weren't given a lot to cheer for, but this was too early for them to be able to tell that. Goldberg is such a miserable promo. He is a terrible promo. He's horrible at it. But Kevin Owens came out and kind of saved that. Now they they were they were doing the smart thing. They were kept they kept Goldberg's talking points very very short. As I mentioned on Twitter this weekend, Alex, I think that Goldberg is winning this match because I think he is too much of an egomaniac to actually promise something and not deliver on it. Because I think that he thinks that much of himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only thing that we, we have to um, possibly hope for is that there's uh, an interference by Jericho or Brock that keeps the title on Owens because Owens is not beating Goldberg. They're not going to let him. Um, yeah. but, but if there's interference and it keeps the title where it should be on Owens to have that match with Jericho be for both belts, a, t- a title for title, because I would love to see that if Jericho's going away to do his Fozzie tour for a couple of months, um, then uh, Owens coming out of Mania with two belts and being extra insufferable through the month of April and May would be a lot of fun. Um, this the Goldberg thing when he comes out and he's uh, he was did he was he hawking loogies as he was walking to the ring like it was just he was making weird throat guttural noises and he's sweating already. Um, he's not bleeding for a change. That's good. Um, but he comes out and <laughs> says, says words. And then, you know, Owens comes out and he's in a suit. I love Owens in a suit. I don't know why I love it so much. People are saying Character's this is a 180. It's a 180 yeah. from a few weeks ago. That's, that's pretty it's nice. Great. I do love everything that, that, uh, that Owens is doing. I, I love that he continues to own Goldberg on Twitter, whenever Goldberg makes some stupid remark, he's always there to do it. I can always tell how excited you are to cover that. (laughs) (laughs) I am. Um, Fortunately for Goldberg, he is like super over, like just just magically over that guy. So uh, not too much damage was done here. I thought it was a pretty good segment. Uh, All in all, Goldberg had those weird bad lines at first, but – I feel like he was just biding his time until Kevin Owens' music hits. Yeah, and there was the interesting thing where, you know, Owens came out and he gave a good promo about, you know, my first day here, my first time that I was here, I, I beat John Cena. And since then, I have an Intercontinental Champ. I beat Ambrose. I beat all these guys, all your favorite dudes, Styles, Roman, Seth. I beat them all. And I'm going to beat you too. And, and the whole time, uh, Goldberg is standing in the ring, no-selling it, like doing the sarcastic clap. And then at the end, he does. He basically does the John Cena fine speech. He basically just has that reaction, and uh, and that's not a you know like at least do something along the way to have uh, Goldberg have any kind of doubt, even if it's a sneak attack by Owens somewhere in the back that he's not going to win this match because I can't stand a baby face I'm supposed to root for who has ultimate confidence and there's no reason for him to doubt himself. Um, especially when there's, you know, when they're probably going to book him to win that way. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a big speaking fan of, of the new Goldberg. Speaking of biding time, that was pretty much the rest of the show. Uh, with the exception of a couple segments, new day come out. And I will say that 
pouring an asshole-inspired cereal all over the face of children should not be as hilarious as it is. But as it turns out, it's really, really funny. Especially when a kid's like, yeah, bring it on! And then Biggie really, really lets him have it. To the point where the kid's like, stop! Ah! Yes. But I find that funny. What do you think of the New Day's uh, new shirts? I didn't pay any attention to them. Oh my god, they're terrible. They're like electric lime green, uh, and they 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 feature the new day as popsicles. So they're they're bringing in the uh, the summertime shirts already in reference to their ice cream plots. They're terrible. They're terrible shirts. So they talk about their ice cream. They're facing the shining stars, but then they have bad news because Primo and Epico when they come out. They're actually facing the big show. So, okay, whatever. That was pointless. I guess that was to get us hyped up for their hosting abilities. They did a terrible and, Oscars joke. Yeah, I sorry, I didn't watch the Oscars. What happened? Oh, my Jesus. You made it through the I entire didn't watch Pulp day Fiction either. I, I had two days off, and I didn't watch Pulp Fiction yeah, either. They, it, they did the thing where, uh, okay, everybody, yell at Sean in the chat for somehow getting through all of today and never learning what happened at the Oscars yesterday. Okay. I, I, would, I would love to go my whole life without knowing what happened at the Oscars, but I guess I have to know now. Uh, so the, the best picture envelope was the wrong envelope, and the guy who presented best picture read the wrong name. That makes us even worse. Yeah. That so makes us even worse. It was a red envelope, and the, and the envelope was the wrong envelope, so that's what they did. They did that joke where they pulled out – the New Day pulled out an envelope, and it actually said on the inside of the envelope, Rusev and Jinder Mahal. That's who they're supposed to be facing. We're really sorry, Shining Stars, that you were told oh, that you Jesus. won this. Yeah, it's, it was awful. It was the worst I watched, ever. I watched one Academy Award-nominated movie last year, and it was the worst movie I saw in theaters all year. Yeah. Hard body Mahal and Rusev are facing New Day instead. This match was uneventful and unimportant, but Big E is a fun hot tag. Xavier wins with a prawn pin, and Hard Body is pissed off at Rusev for taking the fall. You ready for some Hard Body Mahal versus Rusev at Mania? I, I think that they might be learned, uh, building to a uh, spot in the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Sure, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really interesting. Like when 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 I say that they don't have anything for the new day, and people counter with, "What are you talking about? They're hosting WrestleMania." I say WrestleMania is a month away. You're telling me that every Monday they're going to come out and face some different low rent heel team, and, and not and do some bad comedy, and that's that's creative direction. Like it's that's that's not. Uh, why over the next month, all you're going to do is sour people on wanting them to, to see, uh, wanting to see the new day host WrestleMania by having them do bad comedy and face bad uh, competition. It's just, it's not the way to do it. Here's what I had in my backstage crappenings listing. By the way, I post these podcast notes on the site every morning, the following morning at 8 a.m. Go to fightful.com. Check it out. Enzo Amore is super pumped to win the tag titles, but Big Cass has to calm him down because he reminds them, Enzo, we actually suck as a tag team, in case you haven't noticed. He also has to put over Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows in his promo because WWE never does. (laughs) Uh, Samoa Joe runs into Cesaro and Sheamus. Joe and Cesaro play up their history, which 
you know, I'm not that learned on Ring of Honor, but I don't remember it being that extensive. I remember them having a couple matches that Joe won, but Cesaro says, I've always been able to take care of him. And I'm like, when? I don't know. They they sold it later as, as them fighting all over the world. And I was just thinking about that old uh, South Park episode with Russell Crowe, who was fighting around the wild. And uh, and I, that's all I could think of the whole time when they would bring that up. I, I, hey, I want... I want to see Cesaro versus Samoa Joe. You could show me that every Monday for a month. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I'm sure they wrestled a bunch in like JAPW or something like that. <laughs> Stephanie's in the back and she's running down Mick Foley. I think, well, I mean, we always hear he's got to have hip surgery. We've heard that for like 234 years. I wonder if she's trying to motivate him because I feel like if she wanted to fire him, she just would have fired him. Even the character with the poor writing would have fired him like if she wanted to. Right, I don't know. None, none of what, none of what's that. Listen, she she threatened to have him murdered last week, so this I guess is a yeah. step up. Uh, yeah, I I don't I don't know what they're doing with this. I'm, that, my whole thing is that if you don't like him so much, fire him. Like, was there a thing that I didn't realize that like um, that her dad said you you have to pick a new general manager and he has to be general manager for a full year and if you fire that person you're cut out of the will like where's where's any of these things that prevent her from just firing this guy she obviously doesn't like and think and she thinks he's bad at his job like there's she could fire him for cause according to her so yeah none of this makes sense well well this really peppers Mick Foley's chicken because backstage he calls Samoa Joe a puppet then defines the term puppet when Samoa Joe says no I'm not no I'm not and then he books Joe against Asaro. Later on, Braun Strowman, he's in the back. And he's like, Foley, I want a contract. And Foley's like, the fuck you talking about? You got a contract, bro. <laughs> he's like, I want a contract to make sure that Roman Reigns doesn't run from me. And... Foley's like, I mean, shit, man. If Roman Reigns ran from people, he might be a little more over, like anything. He doesn't, though. He's there. He's always there. And Strowman's uh, like, give it to me. Or, and then Foley says, or else. Yeah. Was, even though this is stupid, I found myself entertained by it. Listen, the idea of I've never in my life seen a guy demand a contract signing for a match. It's always something that just happens. No one demands it. <laughs> he didn't even want it for a match. I don't th- he never said a match. Well, he, he said, want- I just want to do it to make sure he shows up. Well, that's the idea. That if, if Roman Reigns signs the contract for, for this match on Sunday and then backs out of it, then I guess Roman Reigns gets fired or something, or at least disciplined. But wait, did either man sign a damn contract? No, Ro- Roman eventually did. I don't think I, don't think I saw Strowman do it. But I'm sure people okay. in the chat will yell at me if I made another mistake. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I loved the idea of anytime you can get Strowman saying Foley, I'm, I'm in. If he just that's if that was the only word he spoke, uh, I'd be in on it. I love it. Lead boxing writer Carlos Toro says, "Doesn't this Strowman Foley segment kind of bring up the idea that most pay per view matches aren't contract signed? That is pretty bad business. Yeah, that's bad business. It's true. It's true." Neville and Tony Nese had a miserable backstage promo. That's all I'll say. 
I just kept waiting, wa- waiting for one of them to say, "Listen, I talked to mom last night, and she says you have to be na- nice to me." Because because those guys are obviously long lost brothers. Can we just book them that way? Beth Phoenix is going into the Hall of Fame. I'm happy about that. Sure, good for her. Great video package. I had people all day saying like. Before this person, before that person, it's not a goddamn race, you guys. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could say about that is that when was her last? 2012. I feel yeah. like I feel like she leapfrogged some people, but I'm not really necessarily mad about it. But yeah, there are a lot of people who retired a long time before she did, who you know maybe deserve. I mean, if, if you're going to do it in a uh, chronological order, but I guess that's not the way it goes. So fine. Well, no, no disrespect to the guy who tweeted me, but I had a guy suggest that Jazz should have been in before. Beth Phoenix. I don't think that's correct. I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. But also, she's suing the WWE. So. Yeah, anybody does that, that's not. Yeah, don't don't sue the WWE if you want to go into the Hall of Fame, people. Akira Tozawa versus Noam Dwar. Uh, Tozawa screaming is a real joy, but I don't like how he. At least outside of the corner, the short range chops don't like it. This was not. Not Tozawa's best performance. He took a rough bump flat on his face from the second rope, almost botched a Frankensteiner, and then almost ate the mat on a suicide dive headbutt. Yeah. Dang. I mean, he the, the match that he had against uh, Kendrick last week on 205 Live was better than this. Uh, but uh, I, I, I do – I can't help but love Tozawa. I love the, the, the speed with which he chains together stuff. Uh, it's great. Uh, his snap bridging German suplex is nice. picture perfect. Um, and you know, I think that Noam Dar has has improved in the ring since he uh, since his uh, CWC stuff. People really hated him back then. Thought he would, didn't deserve to be in the tournament at all. Uh, I didn't see that, but I knew he was one of the least experienced workers. Um, and he's he's great now. He's much much better. Gotten a lot of improvements. I still don't understand why they have nothing for Alicia Fox but to stand ringside and be told that her name is 17 letters long, you know? But that's about it for that. We had uh, also Brian Kendrick attack Tazawa after the match. They're running this angle where Brian Kendrick insinuates that he is Tazawa's teacher, and this is another effort for him to educate him. This is a little bit different. I, I'm, I'm down with it. Yeah, uh, I'm down with it too. It's interesting. It's a new it's a new wrinkle. I haven't seen the whole thing of I want to take you under my wing and the baby face says no, I don't like you and and then the the heel uh says, "Oh, I'm going to teach you some lessons and here all here they all are." Uh my thought was though that they were starting something with Tajiri and Kendrick and then Tajiri got hurt. And then when Tajiri came back, they started something up again, but they've conveniently forgotten about it. Uh Tajiri and Tozawa had a match in Japan against DIY on one of those NXT shows uh, that was amazing. Uh, so, yeah, why don't you, instead of having Tozawa team with Rich Swan on Sunday at this Fast Lane pre show, have, have a Tozawa and Tajiri team. That would be fun. Why? Because they're both Japanese? Is that why? No, because they both have a problem with Brian Kendrick. True. Uh, why haven't they used Tajiri on Raw yet? I don't know. I don't know. Weird. You'd think he'd be he'd get a big pop. I mean, people remember him. Nothing was getting a big pop tonight. That's true. Oh, uh, let's talk about this women's segment. Damn. 
Charlotte trashes Bailey for not doing the right thing. This was a solid promo. She's out there with Dana Brooke. <laughs> not that you could know it if you watched it. Uh, if you just listened oh, to there, it, you'd never know. There, yeah, there was plenty I noticed about Dana Brooke. So Bailey comes out, and I'll say her her charm is starting to shine through in the main roster. I like that. Sasha Banks comes out, and her delivery is not good per usual. Also, she adds an A at the end of every sentence. Bailey, she says, she says that Charlotte has a stupid face. <laughs> and of all the things that catch on on this show, that line, the crowd started chanting, "Stupid face, stupid yes. face." Yeah, it's a it's a huh. solid burn. I mean. Yeah. Shit, man. So You know what I'm exhausted from? Looking at your stupid face. I mean, that's such, I mean, ultimately it's, it's great on the fourth grade uh, recess. It's really great. It got over. It got over. I can't really say I mean, I guess I'm stupid because it it got over and I didn't think it would. Charlotte brings out Nia Jax because they wisely will not let Dana Brooke wrestle on TV at this point. But that doesn't seem to be much better. Uh, Bailey, I will say, I like her Dusty Rhodes polka dots on her gear. And this is going to be the first of a couple of appearances. I know people are going to be like, well, Dusty Rhodes didn't like the polka dots. He hated the polka dots. He hated those damn polka dots. Why would... They're still disrespecting him. Yeah, I guess that's why his kid wore them on TV all the damn time, right? Because his kid doesn't know better than uh, some scrubs, whatever. The polka dots are uh, are a signal of affection, of endearment. You know what's uh, not a uh, signal of endearment uh, was when... Charlotte says, uh, yeah, this this little thing standing next to me, she's not going to be my partner. This is going to be my partner. And and the look on Dana's face, like she had no idea and was genuinely hurt by it. Like, I, I mean, at this point, like, I, I don't want to see Dana Brooke wrestle. I don't want to hear her talk. But if she's going to be out there for a promo and she's not allowed to speak and she's not allowed to wrestle, all she's there for is to uh, take a Bailey to belly during the match and then get kayfabe injured and taken to the back. Why is she even out there? Like, are they punishing her for something? You know, like, it's just, it's kind of, uh, you know, I, I came up with the hashtag poor Dana. Like, I mean, not that I, not that I want to see any of this stuff, but just feeling for her as a person, that's got to suck. Poor Dana's getting paid six figures when she shouldn't be. That's true. Okay, uh, some positive things to say about this match. Uh, Sasha Banks' offense, I just threw in. I like that it's like knee-based. It gets a lot of her offense over better yeah. because people know that's her thing. Charlotte sells so much like her father that it's comical, like <laughs> Hurricane Rana's and stuff, head yeah. scissors. She does it the yeah. same way. Yep. That's really it. That's all the positive. Okay. No, no, no. no. The crowd, the, the, crowd the, 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 positive, the positive was the finish. Uh, Nia hold, on, Jax. hold on, hold on, hold on, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you said you were done with the match. Oh, no, I said I'm done with the positives oh, from okay. me. Okay, okay. Nia Jax hit a flat-out reckless over-the-shoulder gut buster in which she slings Sasha Banks onto her face, then did an elbow drop in the wrong direction. Yeah. You're not supposed to do it the way that she did it the first time. Then the ref... Missed a pinfall attempt on Charlotte. Okay. 
There was a very weird hot shot spot that Bailey did to Charlotte. They, like, uh, there were several blown spots. Then Dana Brooke goes to uh, trip, I think, Sasha Banks or, or Bailey and misses. Yep. And then Total Divas Eps on Twitter posted it, and Dana Brooke went off. Yep. It's like, hey. And Dana Brooke has been a very sweet woman. A few times I've, I've interacted with her. You don't want people to point out when you screw up, don't screw up. That's really about all I got to say. People point out when I screw up all the time. You do it, you improve, you get all, you, you move on. Yeah, no big deal. Thankfully, Bailey's going to be able to recover from all this because she takes on it, and you guys can too if you go to Fightful.com and you click that on it banner. If you are a part of the worst match on Raw, like Bailey was, you can just. Pop in that new mood tonight before you go to sleep. You wake up, you are a new man or woman. You want to say, I want to focus on not having that match again. You take yourself some alpha brain. Maybe you want to get in the gym, you want to improve, you want to be ripped like Bailey. You take that shroom tech for energy, that T-plus to get your workout going. Take some of their great nutritional supplements, their foods, get you fueled up. Maybe you want to use one of their awesome kettlebells while you're wearing a beautiful Onyx shirt. It's, it's all over at Fightful.com. Just click that on it link also in our podcast page on YouTube and on Fightful.com. Also, you can get a Fightful.com shirt. Click that link on YouTube or Fightful.com. Also, subscribe to us, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes. Leave us a nice review, you guys. Nia Jax wins with a leg drop after slamming, ba- uh, I think, Bailey on top of Sasha. Other way around, but it was great. Um Shit. Yeah, no, Sa- Sasha tries to do a uh, crossbody, gets caught, and then yeah. body slammed on top of Bailey. And then Naya hits a really good, her leg drop has really improved. Used to be she just sat down, now she gets some air under it. And I love when she lands on it and then yells at the ref, count it! Like she pins with just a leg draped across the throat. I love that. I think that's really good. Um, I I like that they have somebody like Nia Jax to be a part of this thing. I like that she doesn't like Charlotte, I like that. I I love a big monster heel who hates heel champs. I like that because it allows there to be another layer, another possible uh, way for the champ to lose their title. It's another good thing, and I'm looking forward to this. What appears to be inevitable, uh, you know, uh, four way match at Mania between those four women. Yeah, I think that'll be really good. Big Cass defeated Luke Gallows. There was barely a reaction for Enzo and Cass. And that's what happens when you rely on a catchphrase to keep somebody over instead of booking them to where they will stay over. Cass and Luke hit each other with some really hard hoss moves. Like Luke Gallows was doing this thing where he would be like a, a half a step away from the turnbuckle. And Big Cass would just collide with him. And it happened over and over again. And you could tell Gallows, I think, was doing it on purpose. Yeah. And it made it look even better. So, I mean, that that was pretty nice. Cass, however, looked like a real dumbass after not pinning Luke Gallows with his finish, the Empire Elbow. Yeah. But Enzo punks Carl Anderson out, and uh, Gallows sells a great big boot for the end of the big Cass win. You got anything here? I mean, I just think it's, you know, it's a placeholder to get us into their tag match at Fastlane. I, I did appreciate how dumb Big Cass is, that he got distracted by Anderson before the bell rang. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the outside, like you just can't focus on you can't focus on your opponent in the ring for all of five seconds before you get distracted. Um, but you know, uh, Enzo's out there with his shoulder holsters for no apparent reason, and uh, and you know doing his shtick on the outside. I'm kind of done with both of those guys, which is amazing to say since I loved them a year ago. Um, yeah, but we'll we'll see if they get the titles. What that does for them. Roy Soria says that Luke Gallows looks like a French bulldog. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. And somebody also said that Gallows' pants remind me of uh, Diesel's. Yeah, me too. It's true. What a, oh, God. Sheamus defeated Titus O'Neil. They are really testing the viewer patience this evening. So I guess they're doing stuff now. Like they used to set up things on the pre-show, but there's no pre-show anymore. So they're setting Facebook. up they're setting up stuff on Facebook Live during the broadcast. Now I will say that I have had people threaten to murder me via Facebook before. Well, there you go. So I guess that could be a start of a feud. Sure. Um, but my thing that I love is that this is something that goes back to to one of my favorite things about uh Titus is that in his ratings on WWE 2K17, I'm pretty sure it says 97 power. And three defense because he beats the ever living crap out of Sheamus and takes one bro kick and gets pinned. Um, it's it's kind of funny at this point. Uh, all the guy's got to do is hit him with one move and can pin him. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's the end of the match. Okay, good deal. Yep. Seth Rollins comes out. He's interviewed by Corey Graves. I think this is how the majority of these in ring promos should be. You should have Corey Graves out there prompting somebody to say something. Hey, Seth Rollins, how you doing? Hey, Seth Rollins, what do you think about this? That way they don't come out and they're like, you know what? This is why I hate this person. Yeah. That makes you seem like a crybaby. Oh, boy. Bunch of losers in the crowd chant CM Punk. Man, that was disappointing. Although, you know, they they saw that L.A. got rewarded for it just last week. So maybe they think yeah. that if you chant CM Punk, whoever's in the ring gonna, is going to pull out their phone and call CM Punk, and you get to leave a message for him on his voicemail. To play devil's advocate, they didn't have a lot to root for on this show. But I want to know who these people are who buy their tickets. And they go to a show, and they are like, you know what? I'm not having a good time. 
But instead of cheering for someone who is actually on the show but might benefit from it, I'll cheer from someone who hasn't wrestled for three years. <laughs> Not only that, I'll go tell him about it on Twitter later on and he'll fucking block me. <laughs> what are y'all doing? He's not coming back, at least right now. He's not going to hear your chant and be like, come back. I get it. A lot of people do it because they're disgusted with the show, whatever. You know, chant for who you like. This, this wasn't the time Start to a James do it. Ellsworth oh, chant. This was, this, was the, this was the face turn from Seth Rollins we should have gotten months ago because he, he built sympathy for himself. He was, he was like, man, I, I went about this, this thing all wrong. Uh, this, is not, this is not what I should have done. He, I, he even I, expressed remorse without explicitly saying it for turning right. on his friends, and I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love it. Now I can root for this guy when I, just, when I thought he was an entitled baby who didn't like that, um, that his you know, adopted father likes the new kid more. You know, it was, he was, I didn't, who, why do you want to root for that guy? This guy I want to root for, this guy who says mea culpa, I've done some things, I have done things the wrong way and I want to change things. And I'm really afraid that I'm not going to be able to get to mania again for the second year in a row. When you, I mean, like that was a thing when they first brought him back and they, right after they brought him back, they had that amazing WWE 24 where they showed his rehab process yeah. and they showed him at mania last year in the skybox and he looked like he was going to cry watching people like these. He wanted to be there so badly and he couldn't. And then they had him show up the next day on Raw and cut a promo about how I hate all of you. I burned all your fan mail. Like, why don't you just let us root for this guy that you showed us? He had us. He's a tiny dog who drinks coffee. Let us root for this guy. Why? You know, like that's it's just. And so now we finally get to. And I'm, I'm happy Watch- about that. Watch this guy play Madden on Up, Up, Down, Down and try to not root for him. <laughs> try not to. This was great promo work. He says he probably won't be cleared for Mania. Triple H and Samoa Joe come out, and Triple H cuts one hell of a promo about how Rollins knew what he was getting into when he signed on the dotted line with Triple H. He knew what was going to happen when he put that chair into the back of Roman Reigns. He knew what was going to happen, and he still did it. He sold his soul to the devil. And now it's time for him to pay. This was just awesome. And he tells Seth Rollins, you better not be at WrestleMania. You're not going to be at WrestleMania. And uh, Rollins says he's going to be there. And if it's the last thing that he does, it will be the last thing that Triple H does. Um, This was just, this was very awesome. They were keeping this open-ended intentionally. There's still a month to this show and, Seth Rollins' status is still very much up in the air. This could be anything from a full Seth Rollins versus Triple H match to Seth Rollins just blasting Triple H over the back with a crutch. Yeah. It could really be anything. I I, I, uh, I did like a lot of this. Um, I still think it's a little weird that that what Triple H is so disappointed in is that Seth Rollins accidentally got injured. Um, and that's why he hates him because he gave up, he gave back the title that he won because he was stripped of it because he got injured. Um, that's a little weird, but I can, I, I can, I'll chop that up to just Triple H being delusional and narcissistic. That's fine. The thing that really got me a lot was, was this, it felt like, um, uh, you know, this whole thing, 
don't you dare come to WrestleMania. And if you do weird. come to WrestleMania, don't you dare call me out. Because if you do call <laughs> me out, it'll be the last thing you ever do. And Bronze is like, well, maybe I will come to WrestleMania. Oh, don't you dare come to WrestleMania. But maybe I will. Like, it just felt like this thing. Do like, you remember? Wh- I can't remember what jackass movie it was. But it's it's the one where the old grandpa has the kid and he's drinking. He's They're pretending like the little kid is drinking or smoking. Sure, 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 sure yeah. And that, that doofus with the funny haircut, it's like, what are you doing? And then the old man's like, don't cross that line. Don't cross that line. And then what he did, he goes, you crossed the line. <laughs> That's what this was. Yes, yes. Don't do it. Don't do it. Big show defeated the Shining Stars. Uh, they get a little offense, then they die. There was a cool spot here where Big Show like threw one into the ribs of the other. And then punched the one that was standing, which caused him to DDT the other one. It's very good. That was really cool. Uh, Choke slam win for Big Show. They're making him look strong for in case Shaq decides to not be a glutton and wrestle. Man, I hope Shaq backs out. I don't need to see that match. <laughs> I mean, show's been working so hard, you know, and celebrities always go over at Mania. Just the idea of an out of shape doesn't take it seriously. Shaq showing up and beating Big Show would just be so unfortunate because he's he's in the best shape of his life, you know, and the guy deserves to have an actual WrestleMania moment, you know. So I would love to see if if they don't have any plans for Braun Strowman, you know, if they're not going to have him eliminate everyone in the in the uh, Memorial Battle Royal, then I would love to see a rematch of last week, but like make give it a stip or something like a street fight or a last man standing or something between Strowman and Big Show at Mania would be great. I don't think anybody feels that Big Show would beat him, though. Speaking of rematches, Brock Lesnar uh, F5'd Big Show after Raw because for some reason they're booking Lesnar for all these. Just have him run out, F5 somebody, and leave. Well, just I guess do the, the same thing. The idea, yeah, this is what they're doing now is that they've they've said they've advertised he will be at Raw. So the people who are paying for the tickets, they they expect mm-hmm. to see Brock Lesnar. And you know, if they're not going to have him, you know, sit three feet from the camera, back uh, backwards of the chair, like you know, Stabler style, and just do this, then maybe they should have him come out and you know, f five somebody. But they I either guess... use him. They either use him for backstage stuff or not at all on TV, right. which is weird to me because when you have him on TV, you can then film the backstage stuff when he's done. Right. Um, I, I would prefer to see him on TV. Don't come out and do something in ring. Uh, but they 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 don't let him get physical with anybody because uh, there's there was a great thing that they did in Dallas. Uh, where there was an eight-man tag between four good guy jobbers and four bad guy jobbers. And like two minutes into the match, he ran out and destroyed all of them. Have him do that. That'd be great. You know, just to prove that he's still got it kind of a thing because that's what you need because, you know, the the guy that he's going up against who he still thinks he can beat for some reason just knocks the crap out of him because he is a spear from Goldberg is Lesnar's kryptonite. Um, What's the car doing? He He can take an F5. Yeah, sure. Jack Gallagher and TJ Perkins defeated Tony Nese and Neville. Uh, the real highlight of this entire segment of TV was an Austin Aries return package airing before. And Austin Aries says, you like my package, Cole? Doesn't it? Yep. And Cole breaks. 
My massive package. Uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Austin Aries back in the ring. I don't know what his uh, his alignment is going to be, if he's going to be kind of a tweener because he's kind of an a-hole, but people like him. So I'm interested to see what he, what, how he fits into the Cruiserweight division. Neville doesn't save Tony Nese after their backstage disagreement, and Gallagher gets the win in quick fashion. This was harmless, and it kind of looks like Tony Nese might be next in line for Neville. It could Maybe. be. It could be. Or a I mean, TV program. Yeah, or something. Give give him something to do. Uh, I I like um, I like them showing a different side to Gallagher. Um, he's, he seems like a guy who should have a bunch of cool, different, um, odd submission moves that he can get you to tap with. So, like pulling one out in this uh, and having him win with that, as opposed to the corner drop kick, was a cool new wrinkle. I don't think anyone expects him to beat Neville at Fast Lane, but it would be interesting if they really made it a match. You know, make it a really a close one. Samoa Joe defeated Cesaro. Really, I don't have to say a whole lot about this match. This was a repeated display of Cesaro's strength. And it's like Cesaro was just like, let me go see if I can pull all this shit off. And Joe was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> then he hit a urinagi and won. Yeah. I love that as a new finishing move. Off the Irish whip. It's like a yeah. it's like a really, really strong rock bottom that he does off the it's really great. I love it. Um it's better than the muscle buster to me. Um Oh, come on. I don't know. The muscle buster to me is just like when it's I mean, I would have I mean they were never gonna touch it, but I would would have loved if Cesaro had said, This is for my my partner that you ruined you know what i mean yeah, they, like they're never they gonna touch that one with a 10-foot pole they're, they're, but but it's but there's i like that as all of us that we know that is there and we can just imagine that cesaro's pissed about it even if they never talk about it uh joe worked over the knee briefly and stopped the springboard uppercut led to that urinagi we had the contract signing. Mick Foley stands up to Braun Strowman and almost gets attacked. I was thinking that it was going to happen, and I was like, Foley's not taking a bump, is he? I don't think he can. Yeah, I mean, the, what I thought was, if he's going to go in for hip surgery anyway, you know, like have him take a bump. It'll be a quick one. It's one. He's done. They can go and he can leave for months. He can recover from whatever it is. But um, I also thought, oh, my God. Are they trying to build hatred for Strowman by having him take out Mick Foley so that we can all cheer for Roman Reigns? And I was like, no, 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 let's not, don't do that. Um, but I did, I did like seeing Mick Foley stand up for himself. Um, uh, and he does it all the time, though. This isn't like a, he does it all the time, and then it just gets reset and reset and reset. Right. I want it to continue. That's my thing, is that if next week he's done taking guff from people, and maybe Stephanie tries to tell him again and he goes off on her and then she fires him. You know, there's stuff that you can do here. Um, but, uh, but of course, everything boils down to, you know, just Strowman uh, <laughs> eventually ruining the ring because he's so strong. You know what would be nice? You know how this would be nice to really pay off? If Foley loses his job because he finally snaps and uses Socko on Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> now here's the thing what that would be awesome if foley go, gets pushed to his breaking point and then all of a sudden in one segment he comes out and he's mankind as general manager <laughs> that's awesome if he, goes, if he just snaps and he's the three faces of foley every week every week because because he can't take it anymore that's what yes. i want 
I want to do love Raw. It's a shame that Brizongo aren't on Raw because Dude Love would really identify with them, I feel like. <laughs> like they would get some real opportunity. That would be nice. Uh, Rain shows up, kicks Braun's ass, spears him and a security guard through a barricade. Oh, man. Oh, no. I, I hope that guy was a plant because if not, he's going to the <laughs> hospital. Hey, if not, he sold it like a million bucks. Yeah, he did. He really did. So they get back in the ring, and Braun Strowman breaks a turnbuckle with Roman Reigns. This was a cool spot. Uh, I realized they couldn't do it in a match. They had to yeah. do it here. Yeah. So this was, a, this was a good close to Raw after that those mounds and mounds of turds that I had to witness with my eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, this crowd sucked for this, but the whole show did, so I can't really blame them. Outside of the CM Punk thing, I'm not, not going to bitch at him about – not being hyped for this show is a terrible show. Yeah. Uh, I, I like this the, this thing where, you know, uh, Reigns spears uh, Strowman through the uh, barricade, gets in the ring to sign it, and looks out back to where he speared Strowman. And Strowman gets up and goes, is that all you got? And, uh, and then they get in the ring to do the thing where they break the turnbuckle. And then Strowman goes up the ramp, and then Reigns recovers and signs the contract. He's like, ooh, I got you. I signed the contract. My thing has always been some heel has to be smart enough to take that damn chest protector off of Roman Reigns during a match and then yeah. wail on his chest. And maybe, maybe Braun Strowman is the guy who does that on Sunday. Scripts it in half. Just, yeah. Tear, literally tear it off of him because, and, and here's the thing. Once, once that happens in that match, then Roman should never wear it again. That should be his excuse yeah. to change his ring gear. Because I hate it. It's stupid. Anything that you do to his chest shouldn't have an effect on him because of this chest protector that he's wearing. So maybe that's why he no-sells everything is because, you know, his, all of his vital organs are so nicely insulated. But um, I, I love the idea of Strowman tearing it off of him and just beating on his chest for, you know, 10 minutes before, hopefully, The Undertaker shows up and we don't have to see Strowman lose on Sunday. I want to see Braun Strowman give Roman Reigns like a black tarantula versus Spider-Man level ass kicking. Like I want him to be not just ripping it apart. I want him to carry Roman Reigns around by the chest protector. <laughs> like he lifts him up and just yeah. heaves him into the buckles like that. Yeah. Uh, that's raw. It sucked. We've got fast lane coverage Sunday. Me, Alex, and I think Anna's joining us. I think, by the way, Anna Bauer, it's most ridiculous. Check that out every Monday. I think it might drop Sunday this week. I don't know. I got to check. There's a lot of editing that goes into that. But we got some news to talk about. Yep. Hardy Boys, Andrew Galloway, their uh, contracts are up with TNA. This is (laughs) beyond far-reaching because all these men have championships. Yep. The Hardys have the tag championships, and – Rebby Hardy has threatened to melt them down and make hoop earrings. Like she's threatened to become comma in 1995. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. If you're TNA and you don't have enough Hardy compound footage to splice together some bullshit title change, I don't know what to tell you. Bring Vanguard one in and run the Freebird rule. Like, get creative. Get creative. Yeah, you got to listen. Th- th- this is what's this is what's so great, and what they should do. I don't know if they will because 
they're obviously not valuing all of this creativity that these guys brought all year. The only reason that I ever watched TNA is for Broken Heart, Broken Hardy stuff. That's it. Without them, I'll never tune in again. I'm sorry, I just won't. I, I don't. There's nothing there that I even care about. Um, I might check out highlights if there's a good match or find it if somebody tells me, oh, Lashley fought whoever and it was a great match. Maybe I'll check that out. But I'm not watching the show, not, not without these guys. So here's what you need to do. You need to figure out a way of taking those titles off them in a creative fashion. They've already proven in the past few weeks that they can time travel and teleport. So what if they get lost in that – they get lost in some wormhole – and they say, we, 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 they're gone, we, we can't find them, they're not coming back. Like Vanguard 1 comes back through the portal and says they were, they were killed in ancient Rome or something. And he's got the belts that he's, that he's brought back with him. Some, do something that's fun. Because you just say, like, oh, well, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy died on the way back to their home planet. And they were never heard from again. Uh, you can't poochie these guys. You, you need to really do something with this. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do, but I don't think it's going to be anything fun. Rebby Hardy said, TNA was the perfect situation for our family and how grateful I was for professionalism, open communication, and respect. Think about what kind of negative changes and straight fuckery would have to go down for us to leave. Now, I was I've told straight up. I mean, Matt told me last year they've been offering me a contract since the summer. In sinus. So this has been going on for a lot. I mean, he sounds like he made his decision to not come back a long time ago, or at least his decision to see what he's worth, mm-hmm. as he should, because his next contract may be the last wrestling contract of his life. Sure. Now, and any any contract Jeff Hardy signs dating back ten to fifteen years ago could have been the last yeah, of his yeah. life. Now, the details that are being reported about the way that they're structuring contacts now with, you know, 10% of whatever you make outside of impact goes to the company, that kind of stuff. I mean, if that's what they're doing, if they're dropping that at the feet of the Hardys with like two days left in negotiations, if I was the Hardys, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed too. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a, that's an unheard of development for them. Uh, from what I, from what I've read, I don't know if this is true, but they had, they had verbally agreed to a one-year contract and then a two-year contract shows up at their door with that stipulation of 10% of everything I make outside of the company goes to you. And they're I mean, making a lot. And they're making a lot out of the company. That's, that's not chump change, you know? So that's, you know, I, I can understand how they'd be offended. Um, I, I don't know what they, I, I, what, from what I hear is that Drew Galloway is much, is very, very happy just traveling the world, doing all the stuff he likes, working with WCPW and places all over the, like, Evolve and things like that. I don't think he's, you know, down for, for, you know, going back to WWE, at least not right away. But who knows what the Hardy Boys. He wasn't down for leaving. I mean, if he was that not down to be there, he would have left on his own. That's true. But uh, Drew Galloway, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't watched Impact, they did get the title off of him, the Grand Championship. That's good, good move. Tag Team Championships you can get creative with. The, the Hardys are proven road draws, which means they go on the road, people come to watch them. Proven. So that's good. Drew Galloway is 31 years old. Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's, it's amazing how young some of these guys were when they, when they started. Somebody, somebody told me like, the, uh, like a couple weeks ago that Luke Gallows is like 33. 
Yeah, which means that he was doing Festus when he was like 24 years old. Like he looks younger now than he did 13 years ago. That's true. You know, go back. I, I actually I, there's a I had a follow up with Muhammad Hassan uh, last year. I might repost that. He doesn't know who Tommaso Ciampa was, but Tommaso Ciampa played his lawyer on TV in 2005. Tommaso Ciampa now looks like five years younger than he did in 2005 when he was 21. Yeah. Weird how that works. Drew Galloway, you want to talk about a guy who could come back into the company, whether it's – I think NXT would be a really prime move for him. Yeah. Because you bring him back as a face or a heel, and he's got just a built-in thing. He is the former chosen one on TV of Vince McMahon. Then he got cut and had to fight his way back. Yeah. And now he's trying to either work his way up, whether he's trying to work his way up to get in Vince McMahon's face, or if he's trying to work his way up to get in the good graces of Vince McMahon. Mm -hmm. I think that's a hell of a storyline in a company like NXT where you don't have a lot of built-in storylines. It's a lot of guy versus guy. We want that title. No, I want that title type of thing. Yeah. This, this and these are three very these are going to be three very sought out names. Now there there are reports that TNA thinks they own the broken Matt Hardy gimmick. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, so you know we'll, we'll figure out who gets because because you know I mean hey I'm, I have no no qualms about thinking that Matt Hardy can figure out something else to do if he can't do Broken Matt. It'll be awesome as well. He had, he had the two best gimmicks of 2016. Big Money Matt, <laughs> I thought was number two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so this guy this guy's in good shape wherever he goes as long as they allow him a modicum of creative control. Not entirely, oh. but at least uh, some some input on where his character goes. He can do great things. Let's look at the history of the Hardy Boys, Matt Hardy in particular. They were on TV when Jeff should not have been on TV. When he was like 16 years old, he was wrestling Scott Hall on TV to the point to where Scott Hall would request to work a 16, 17-year-old Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy, you know, these guys taught themselves to wrestle on a freaking trampoline ring. They are the exception to almost every rule. They get on TV. Matt Hardy is Steve Austin's first WWE televised match. Then they somehow get contracts. And I don't think as much the Young Bucks are were Hardy ripoffs as much as the Hardys went back in time and ripped off the Young Bucks' worst wardrobe ideas. <laughs> and then they got jobs from that. So they, they get jobs as very, very undersized wrestlers in the Attitude Era. And it's full-on steroids, Land of the Giants back then. Yep. And they make it work. Well, one they of the reasons that they made it work was because they were something different. I yeah. remember watching – whenever the Hardy Boys come out, I was like, this is going to be fun because I knew oh, those yeah. guys, they would do crazy stuff that the other guys just couldn't do because they were just so big. This, these guys were small and could do a lot, of, a lot of fun stuff. I loved watching the Hardy Boys back in the day. So Matt gets split from Jeff, and Jeff seems like the breakout star. Then Matt comes up with this version – version uh, – was it 1.0 yeah. gimmick? Fantastic for the time. It got over. It got Shannon Moore over to a smaller degree. After that ends, he ends up parlaying a horrible situation where his friend and his girlfriend hook up behind his back into him becoming, for a time, the most over person in wrestling. Period. Yeah. Yeah. They're chanting for him. 
gets his job back, loses his job and gets his job back because of it. Then when he's mired in mid-card obscurity and just absolute garbage, he and MVP hatched this great plan to have this awesome angle. And they do. And it was the highlight of SmackDown for that period where they were just so competitive. Like they would try to chug milk more than the other one. Like it was such a cool rivalry. They made that work. Then when he gets out, he had his issues with TNA, and we won't even talk about that. That was just a rough period. He goes to Ring of Honor where he does not fit in. Mm-hmm. Does not fit in, and he uses the fact that he doesn't fit in to get over. He gets back into TNA. He runs this big money mat angle, which could have ran for probably this whole time. Oh, yeah. But then he was like, you know what? I got something better. And then when people say that the contract signing is the worst thing they've ever seen, he doesn't say, ooh, Ooh, let's not do that. He says, fuck you. I'm doubling down on this. You think this is the worst thing you've ever seen? I'll show you the worst thing you've ever seen. And it gets over. Wow. That guy. That guy. And he's, he's told me before that he wants to, to work behind the scenes. He'd like to work creatively. That's, that's where they should be putting the bids in. Yeah. Is for his creative services. True. Oh, yeah. Man. We have podcasts all week, you guys, MMA and pro wrestling end. We have podcasts Saturday after that big UFC 209 show. Two title fights and Mark Hunt versus Alistair Overeem. The damn. Uh, damn. Go over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross Get your Fightful.com shirts. Subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Leave us a nice review on iTunes and Stitcher. That stuff really helps. Also, get the word out about the website. Stuff really helps. We got features coming all week, exclusive interviews coming all week. We always got that stuff. All that stuff. Somebody asked if there's heat between me and the hurricane. No, Shane's just a dick, you guys. That's really just about it. We talked about The Rock on the last show, the, the Rock feud. We went through that. Uh, check out that Shane Helms show. Uh, we cover all kinds of topics, backstage fights, his Royal Rumble experiences, the original brand split. We do mailbag episodes. If there's a lot of current events to talk about, we're going to talk about them. So on the next show, we're going to be talking about a lot of them. Alex, what do you got to say to these people before we go? You can follow me on Twitter at Pulowski the fourth. On Fightful, I am uh, the guy who finds the off-center, off-the-beaten-path, off-track stuff uh and and puts it on there to try and figure out you know the uh the other side of wrestling news and where i can find little jokes i'll get them to you every day on the off track with a train segments also our own uh, carlos toro lead boxing writer will be at the barclays center this saturday covering keith thurman versus danny garcia live head over to fightful.com live coverage and discussion for everything raw smackdown lucha underground nxt impact ufc bellator uh, WWE pay-per-views, Ring of Honor pay-per-views. We got that, too. Come in there, talk some trash. Our forums are coming back soon. The V Bulletin format was absolute garbage, so we're building our own. Guys, until next time, we're out.